We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. IB Nation, welcome back to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. It's Wednesday, November 22nd, so that means two things are true today, people. Number one, it's midweek rundown time. We're going to have some fun talking about some different topics today. And then number two, we're a day away from Thanksgiving. So uh, I'm excited about it. I got my Gap Closer shirt on because I'm going to talk about some Gap Closers today on the current Notre Dame team. We're going to talk a little recruiting today, some Gap Closers to discuss there. And I'm just kind of fired up today. I'm just in a, in a pretty good, not feeling great, but it uh, physically still kind of got this cough I'm dealing with. So I, I'll appreciate and, and welcome any patience that you guys show with me today in regard to some pauses I may have to uh, may have to take. And uh, you know, but but feeling great as far as you know, spiritually and emotionally and mentally, I'm fired up. I'm ready for this game on Saturday. I'm excited to hang out with y'all. Ryan's going to record a recruiting show later tonight. He actually just did an interview with a big time prospect. That's going to be part of that show. He's going to, we're going to publish that tomorrow. Then he and I are going to do our keys to victory and prediction show on Friday. So the recruiting show won't be live this week. We'll publish that tomorrow. And on the podcast platform, I'm also going to uh, publish the mailbag tomorrow. I've been kind of holding off on that since it was so long, just kind of putting that up on, on Thanksgiving for people to have, you know, if they're driving around or going to visit family, you'll have some stuff to listen to on the way there and the way back. So very, very excited about all that and uh, just just jacked up, man. And so, yes, and it, uh, Brandon Pleasure, it is an uncommitted prospect. So it's not Cree Thomas. It's an uncommitted player that he interviewed, and he'll have that out tomorrow. So uh, I'm, I'm excited about this weekend. As I, as I told you all, uh, you know, uh, uh, Thanksgiving's always a fun time. You know, obviously, you know, thinking about what I'm what I'm thankful for and and just different things that uh, that have me pretty jazzed up. And I'm not traveling this weekend, so I'll be able to enjoy the leftovers for several days. My my wife and I always get a really big turkey. We got like a 20 pound turkey, and it's just the two of us because we'll have Thanksgiving dinner for like three, four straight days. Just keep having it over and over again. So so very very excited about that. 
And uh, and so it would be Brandon. It's not a secret. I'll tell you who it was. It was Ivan Taylor. He interviewed Ivan Taylor. He'll be on the. He'll be. Uh, he'll. We'll have that show as part of the recruiting show tomorrow. Just talking about where he is and how the visits went and all that kind of stuff. So uh, Ryan's got a, a good relationship with Ivan. So he he decided to join the show and just kind of give the latest on what's going on with him as well. So today's topics. I'm going to talk about number one. Uh, we're going to dive into the matchups that matter. Have our, our sort of our normal our normal show, and then part two of today's show is going to again. I'm not going to do necessarily who needs to step up and those kind of things because again, Stanford's not good. They don't should need guys to step up necessarily uh, in, in this kind of matchup. But I'm going to dive into just a, a little bit of a continuation of what we talked about last week. You know, things that I want to see from the Notre Dame offense that are going to signify to me that there's a strong finish. Because I was talking about, you know, I was talking yesterday about about my my buddy who, you know, was not a big fan of the Jared Parker hire and, you know, loved what he saw from, from the offense the first four games. And then the last month after that kind of soured him on it and got him back to feeling like it was a mistake hire. But the conversations he and I have had, and he's in show me mode, which is very fair. But he said, look, like I can have my opinion changed and I can have my opinion changed somewhat this year. And his thing is he's just looking for a reason to kind of be excited. And he's looking for a reason to stay engaged this offseason with the team. And a big reason why he's not is because, again, it's like we're having the same conversation over and over and over and over again, year after year after year. Is this the year that the Notre Dame offense finally is good enough for this team to contend for a title? And he's he's got a very fair point. But he, you know, there are things that we can see from this offense, as we talked about, down the stretch, and it's unique to each opponent. They're going to tell us, hey, yes, there were some struggles. Yes, that they're not there yet, but they took a step forward. That There's reason to be optimistic. And so we'll talk about that a little bit. And then I'm going to kind of talk a little bit, a bit too, about, uh, as part of that, w- what I'm kind of looking for in a bowl matchup that's going to help continue to show me that this offense has turned the corner because guys, you're going to see in the numbers. I mean, the defense is elite. They, they have a championship caliber defense. There, there's no question about it in my, in my opinion, but the offense just wasn't good enough in, in, in enough mo- big moments this season. And so I'll break down kind of what I want to see over the next couple games, because, you know, Brandon, the thing about, you know, I, I see your response. I, I'm not on the, I'm not, not, I'm not, not on your page. Right. But the thing that I would say is, is, is what I'm hoping that a lot of Notre Dame fans are is, again, be frustrated by what you've seen, but at the same time, be willing to have your opinion changed. But based on what we saw. And again, with Stanford, it won't be about the final score because Stanford's not good. It'll be about how they play. I'll, I'll dive into that. And then the third part of today's show, and I'm hoping I'm, I'm hoping my voice lasts long enough to get to that is. Is going to be. um diving into some recruiting. I'm going to talk some recruiting today. I'm going to talk about the 2025 secondary class. Obviously, Notre Dame just kicked off their 25 secondary class with Cree Thomas. So I'm going to share my thoughts on Cree, uh, look at a little bit of film of Cree. I know Ryan broke him down the other day, did a great job breaking him down with Sean Styers on Monday when he committed, but I'm going to kind of share my thoughts. And then I'm going to talk about kind of where the board is in the secondary right now. Uh, who Notre Dame is on right now and and sort of what the dream finishes for Notre Dame. Really, the dream finish is just landing the guys on the board. It, it really is. And and just dive into who I like and, you know, we'll, we'll watch a little bit of film and, and dive into that. No mailbag today. 
Uh, if you guys want to throw in, if you have some questions that you need to get answered today, knowing that we can't answer them tomorrow and won't really be able to answer them again until Friday, uh, go ahead and throw those super chats in there. I'll get to those, but uh, I'm not going to do a, a formal mailback today. But I did want to start with this from David Prevo with a super chat. He says, happy Thanksgiving, IB Nation. And I thank you for saying that, David, and absolutely with you, man. Absolutely. thanks. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. And then Raymond Harton also. Happy early Thanksgiving. Safe travels to all. Go Irish beat Stanford. So I want to thank you two guys for getting those super chats in early. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. To begin, we're going to do what we always do, right? We're going to dive into the matchups that matter. And really, the the matchups that matter in this game, to me, we'll start with the offense. We'll, we'll kind of dive into each matchup and just kind of go over some numbers. And then I'll finish up each segment, you know, with, with a look at the matchup to me that's most important either to the game or the one that I'm most interested in. And in this particular one, it's not so much about the one that's most important is the one that as far as winning and losing, but it's the one that I think is the most interesting and the one that I'm have the highest pressure on. So let's just look at the offense first, the defense and, and guys and gals, you're, you're going to see it. I mean, Stanford's just not good. They're really not good. And, and these numbers show it, you know, Notre Dame offensively this season ranks fourth in scoring 46th in yards per game, but they're 10th in yards per play. Those numbers are kind of interesting, and and when you look at Notre Dame's rushing, I'll get into that as well. Part of the reason that Notre Dame ranks where they rank is because they just, when you look at the number of plays they've run this year, 
they rank very low in total number of plays. Notre Dame ranks 122nd in total number of plays. Why is that? Well, part of it is they've gotten short fields this year. That's what happens when you have a great defense. They've gotten a number of short fields. Uh, they've been a bit of a slower-moving offense. They they go at a slower pace, which we've talked about. And just the the way that the defense plays and the way that the games have gone, Notre Dame, it just they just the the games don't last very long. That's just really what it boils down to. And uh, you know th- th- those are things to kind of look into it. So like the numbers overall, the numbers for Notre Dame this season uh, don't look necessarily great from a, a a total yard standpoint. But when you look at some of the the, the the particulars of it. Oh, and the other thing is Notre Dame's in a lot more of a big play offense this season, which you see down there. Notre Dame's much more of a big play offense this year, but they rank 10th in yards per play. Uh, they're 59th and third down offense, which is up from last week after having a very good third down performance against Wake Forest. I would argue this is one of the better third down performances that Notre Dame has had this season when you take into context not just the success. They've had better games success-wise. They had better numbers against Navy. Uh, they had a similar uh, completion percentage rate against Ohio State and Pittsburgh, but it was more about there just was intentionality to what they were doing instead of just running plays and and, and they work or they don't. There was there was purpose to what they were doing on third down in this game, which was a change, which I was happy about. I was very happy to see that, and and uh, hopefully that continues against Wake against Stanford this weekend. And as you can see, Stanford has the second to worst. Um, third down defense in college football. I mean, their third down defense is just not very good. Uh, Notre Dame ranks 26th in red zone offense. They rank 19th in red zone touchdown offense, both very good numbers. They are 26th in big plays this season, which when you really dive into Notre Dame, you know, th- there have been times this season when the offense has been been exactly what I want it to be, efficient and explosive. We saw that against Wake Forest. We saw that to a degree against Pittsburgh, you know, minus the turnovers. We saw it in the first four games. The problem in the middle of the season is they tended to be sort of boomer bust. You know, they'd, they'd rip off some big plays and they put like a couple really nice drives together. But then there was a lot of three and outs, four and outs, five and outs where they just couldn't put drives together with any kind of consistency. And that's going to kind of factor into the number of plays as well when you're when you have bouts where you are not moving the change, you're not converting third downs. Because prior to the Wake Forest game, they were in the thirty, they were in the thirty percent range on third down. That's really bad, and and it's and you're not moving the chains. But when you're a, a big play offense, you're going to have more success there. And when you look at the Notre Dame offense compared to la, to, to past seasons, and you look at plays of thirty yards or more, as I mentioned, Notre Dame's twenty sixth in the country right now with twenty nine plays of thirty yards or more. Uh, last season in 13 games, they only had 25 plays of 30 yards or more. Uh, and, and this season also, they have 16 plays of 40 yards or more. Last season, Notre Dame only had six plays of, 30, of 40 yards or more. Last season, they only had three plays of 50 yards or more. Uh, this season, Notre Dame has six plays of 50 yards or more. They actually have five plays of 60 yards or more this season. Uh, compared to last season, uh, the Notre Dame offense had no plays that went beyond 60 yards. This season, Notre Dame has five plays that went 60 yards or more. They've had three plays that went 70 yards or more, and then obviously one play that went over 80 yards this season. So uh, that would have been 
the touchdown run against NC State for Modric estimate early in the season. But we have seen part of it is this is a much more big play offense from this Notre Dame team this year, and that's going to factor into the number of plays being down as well. When you look at turnovers, uh, Notre Dame has not been a big turnover team. They rank 38th in the country, which is not great. The problem for Notre Dame this season when it comes to turnovers is offensively, and this is this is going to be important for this game, is they have turned the ball over in bunches this season. And that's something they're going to have to avoid in this game. Because if you look at Notre Dame, pretty good, 13th in the country in, in turnovers. But they have only turned the ball over in six of their 11 games. They've had uh, five, game, five games they didn't turn the ball over at all. Uh, they're – only loss in that was to Ohio State, but against Louisville, five turnovers. Against Clemson, three turnovers. So eight of their 13 turnovers came in two games, and, uh, and both were losses. And, and obviously you can't have that. They had a turnover this past week against Wake, but that was a, a garbage turnover. You had the two early turnovers against uh, against Pittsburgh, which, which obviously hurt that offense. You had the early turnover against NC State, which uh, stalled the offense a little bit and uh, helped, helped NC State kind of kind of have a couple nice little drives early on. But uh, the overall, Notre Dame has been good at protecting the ball. They just have to make sure that against a team like Stanford that they don't have those those turnovers and bunches uh, type of situations. Um, real quick, David Jones, last week's touchdown to Jaden Greathouse was 48 yards, not 58 yards. Um, but uh, when you look at Stanford, I, I mean, they're, they're just – they're not good. They rank 129th in scoring defense, 130th. In total yards, in total defense, which is yards allowed per game, then we got 123rd. There's 133 teams. Keep in mind, 123rds in yards per play allowed over 6.4. Uh, they're 132nd in third down defense, which again is why I say Notre Dame needs to get their third down offense right. I'll talk more about that later. 61st in red zone defense, but 125th in red zone defense, which means when teams get into the end zone, they they are scoring touchdowns at a very high rate. Uh, 88th in big plays allowed, most big plays allowed of 30 yards or more, and they've only forced seven turnovers all season. So, again, just a not a very effective defense for Stanford, and, and they've really struggled in a lot of ways. Now, the interesting thing when you when you look at Stanford uh, – and and you kind of dive into the numbers. You could argue it's a little bit worse than than you think, and you know it it, it really is. And and I'll, I'll I'll give you some examples of what I'm talking about here. the The numbers are low. I talked about how the numbers are low. They've had a couple games that have really I would say not really, but inflated their numbers a little bit. You look at their performance against Hawaii, who's not a very good football team. They held Hawaii to minus five rushing yards. They only gave up 350 yards in that game. They held Washington State's offense, who is really struggling right now, like really struggling, uh, to 245 yards. It was Washington's third, Washington State's third game of under 250 yards of offense this season. They played Arizona early when Arizona was struggling and, and gave up uh, th- only 349 yards. But it, since the Arizona game, you have the anomaly of Washington State where they held him to four yards of ru- four yards rushing, 3.8 yards per play. But since the Arizona game, so that's back on September 3rd, Stanford has gone two and five in those games. They have losses of thir- by 36, 35, 9, 45, and 12. 
they've given up 506, 532, 503, 460, 598, and 455 yards. They've only been held. They've only held opponents during that stretch. You have the Washington State game. They is the only time they've held an opponent under 5.4, and in only two other games they hold an opponent under six, and that was UCLA, who went for 5.7 this past week with Cal, who went for 5.4. So just again, overall, just a, a bad defense consistently is where they are. When you look at the next area, let's go to the rush de- the rush Notre Dame rush offense against the Stanford rush defense. This is an area where, again, you see Notre Dame's total yards numbers are a little bit misleading. They're not a great rushing team at all, but you see the other the other numbers are, are, are show that Notre Dame's more effective than than your what you would expect a team that ranks 100 uh, or 60th in college football in rushing yards. And when you dive into the numbers again, you see what I'm talking about. This season, Notre Dame ranks 60th in total yards per game, but they rank 102nd in total rush attempts this season. So they rank 25th in yards per attempt at 5.0 yards per attempt, and they rank 15th in fewest tackles for loss allowed, which is a good number, obviously. Uh, And then Notre Dame has had some moments where they've been a big play rushing offense. They have 18 rushes this season of uh, 20 yards or more, which is, again, a good number and ranks Notre Dame what would be 30th this season. Now, the key has the, – the, the concern has been that they haven't been able to rip off those those type of runs against the better teams on the schedule, and that's a very fair discussion, but doesn't really matter here because Stanford is not that team. And, and again, when you look at it compared to past seasons, Notre Dame has 18 – gains of 20 yards or more this season that already matches last season's total which they did uh, in in 13 games last year Notre Dame had four carries of 30 yards or more only four on the season they had two carries of 40 yards or more and only one carry of 50 yards or more uh, last season this year 2023 as I said Notre Dame's already matched the 20 yard carries but they've already doubled them up in 30 yard carries they have eight Notre Dame has three carries of 50 yard, 40 yards or more this season, two of 50 or uh, 50 yards or more this season, and then um, uh, one one of one of 60 or plus. They had the 80 yard touchdown run against NC State, as I mentioned. So this is another area where you see that Notre Dame has been a a a, a very good, very efficient run team, even though they haven't been a bulk run team. And I, I think I'll be honest. I think the rushing offense for Notre Dame this year, there's some numbers that look good. There's some numbers that are solid numbers. But overall, I think the run game has been very disappointing for me this season. And it it, it just has. And you look at, you know, your, your quarterback has not given you a whole lot, but you, you didn't bring him in to give you a whole lot. And, and I think there were some opportunities to be better running the football this year. There have been some questionable personnel decisions at times with playing certain guys that that aren't overly efficient runners, uh, in in my view. But when you look at the the three backs and in, in like the primary three backs that that have had the most success this season, and that's Audric Estime, Jeremiah Love, and Jadarian Price, and you look at their overall production, it, it tells a little bit of a different story, but not a not a completely different story. And, and again, when you look at how you break them down into you know, into the bigger games, that's where that's where the, the issue for me has has been. But you know, when you but when you look at the top three backs, 
Audric Estime, Jadarian Price, and uh, Jadarian Price and Jeremiah Love, uh, they rank. They have averaged actually five point eight. Let's see here, five point eight seven five, so five point nine yards per carry this season. So the backs have been good when given the opportunities, and when the line has has played just okay, the backs have been very good. The problem is the lines have just kind of gotten their their butts whooped a little bit too often. Played well last week. We'll see how they do against Stanford. Stanford's got a very unique rush defense. Uh, they're they're an interesting team, to be honest with you, rush defense wise. Because I as I broke down yesterday, you know their numbers aren't bad. They're not too far off from where the Notre Dame run defense is. If we're if we're being completely honest, they they've given up 143.9 yards per game, 4.3 yards per carry. Notre Dame's given up 127.5 and 3.6. So they're not too too far off from where Notre Dame is. Their name's clearly better, but not too far off. There's a couple reasons for that. I don't think their run defense is as good as these numbers reflect. They've had two games that really changed the numbers. They held Hawaii to minus five yards, and they gave up uh, four only four yards to Washington State. But in other games, they gave up 180 to USC, 169 to Sacramento State, 208 to Oregon, 221 to UCLA, 277 to Oregon State, 161 to Cal. They gave up 132 to Colorado. But if you look at Colorado, that's way above their average. Colorado's only averaging 71.8 yards per game this year, 3.2 yards per carry. They went for 132 yards and 3.8 yards per carry against Stanford. So again, with context, that's not very good. And and so the, the their rush defense has has been, in my opinion, at best okay in in my view and so when i look at notre dame this is a matchup that they should thrive in when you break down the film you see a couple things about the stanford run game number one they're they're very undersized and i I was looking at some of the numbers of their defensive linemen and writing some of these down and their linebackers they they line up stanford lines up a lot of different ways they're primarily a three down front This episode of the Irish Breakdown podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like you're laying in bed at night with your mind racing a thousand miles per hour and you just can't sleep? Like when you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it. Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. And if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. When you get there, just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Irish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot Irish. If uh, you, you look at at Stanford, they have shown different looks against different teams. I think the UCLA and the Oregon State games are probably the two best films to watch if you want to get a better idea of of what Stanford's going to look like against Notre Dame, where they're more of a a true 3-4 type of look. This is against UCLA. You see 12 personnel, two tight ends, two backs, under center. You're going to get a, a little bit of an of an idea of kind of this is how they're going to look. Five guys up front. 
bringing the, the, the linebackers down. You've got a safety down. I think we're going to see more of this when Notre Dame's in 12 and 13 personnel. And then they'll do some of their other things where they'll, they'll, they'll drop guys back and, and go to their nickel personnel when Notre Dame goes 11. So you'll see Stanford sort of, of personnel match against teams, and they'll do that against Notre Dame. But we're going to see a lot of this type of look against Stanford, in, in my opinion. And so uh, when you break down that part of the matchup, uh, to me, uh, you know, you again, you see a team that – here, let's get to this here real fast. I'm going to pull this back up. When you look at Stanford, you're going to see a team uh, that that is going to try to line up and just eat up space with their front but they're not real big. This is what I was kind of talking about. They're starting D-line, depending on who plays. Uh, Franklin is a, a regular starter. He's 281. They have three other kids that play inside, Moy, Phillips, and Bucky. They're 301, 295, 260. They're 6'2", 6'3", 6'3", across the board. They're not very long. Uh, you know, height doesn't really determine that. Length does. They're not really long. They're edge players. Uh, Kennelly is 6'4", 250. Uh, Abar, he I don't think he played the most recent game. Abar is uh 6'2, 252. Uh Tevarua Taviti is 6'2, 235. David Bailey's only 6'3, 240. So just not real big. And then there are two inside linebackers. There's two starting inside linebackers. They're 6'1. Uh Bernadelle is 6'1, 227. And then Tristan Sinclair is 6'1, 221. So they're 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 not a very big defense, but they compete. And that's the thing I do like about this group is they're not real big. Their front's not super athletic outside of a couple guys. Bailey's a pretty decent athlete. Uh, Tafiti's a decent athlete. David Bay's a really good athlete. Tafiti's a decent athlete. They're undersized, though. They're both undersized. They can be they can be driven back. They can be pushed around, in my opinion, on the edges. But their inside guys really do a nice job of, of battling and competing. And what they're going to try to do is just eat up blocks. They're, they're a two-gap three down defense. They're going to try to eat up blocks. And so what Notre Dame's got to be able to do is, is be, is be more physical, you know, have really good combo blocks, get to the second level. Their linebackers make themselves blockable in, in these games. And my, in, in, you know, from what I've seen and when I, when I watch their linebackers, they'll over pursue a lot. They'll just get themselves out of position, but teams have had a lot of success, and this is going to be interesting because Notre Dame needs to run their duo in their inside zone, no doubt. There's going to be stuff there. Duo especially, I think they could have some success with, you know, bouncing it outside in this game, and I think there's going to be some really nice cutback lanes on the inside zone. I mean, I think Oregon twice cut an inside zone all the way like back outside for big games. And and uh, th- those will be parts – those will be things that I want to see, but – but also teams have had a lot of success running outside zone and, and counters and gap schemes against Stanford as well. And Notre Dame has can, been kind of hit or miss when it comes to those concepts. At times, they've been really good with those concepts. I mean, they crushed NC State with those concepts. They ran all over Central Michigan with those concepts. But they struggled mightily running those concepts against Duke. They struggled mightily running those concepts against you, against Louisville. First half, they had a great success running those concepts against Stanford, against Clemson. Clemson adjust and they couldn't get it going. So they're going to have to mix up their run game a little bit better than than we've seen in, in past games and even more so than what we saw against Wake Forest. Uh, they can still be a inside zone duo based team, no doubt, but they're going to have to mix up some of their uh, some of their looks and be able to effectively use some of their 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 gap schemes, whether that be power counter, 
or whether that be the more traditional, you know, G scheme type stuff, buck sweeps, you know, uh, the, the true gap off tackle gap plays. The other thing the teams have had some success against is if you can properly formation Stanford, where you can kind of get a nice pin on the outside, you can quickly pitch the ball and get outside of them because they just don't have a lot of lateral speed. And if your if your perimeter receivers can block effectively, you can you can have some success running the ball. So there's a lot of things that their name can do there. And uh, and and, and I'll, I'll just leave it here. I'll, I'll I'll give you this little teaser before I transition to the next part. I want to see Notre Dame come out and show a willingness to go at Stanford running the football early. Stanford's got a very bad pass defense, and I'll get into that. But it, it, it's it's good for them to come out and show a willingness to run early, number one. And number two, I have a feeling that Notre Dame is going to try to come out early and get some big plays for Audrick Estime because of the Doak Walker stuff. I think there's going to be sort of a we're going to show you how bad you screwed up type of mentality, which I don't hate, to be honest with you. And, and here's why I say that. And, and this is something I'm talking about here, not in the what I want to see from the offense thing as much. But we haven't seen this offensive line really bully anybody in a while. And Stanford is not a team that can be bullied when they have when they get run on it's usually because they're just they lack athleticism they get out leveraged they just don't have talented players but they play hard and i would actually like to see notre dame come out and show the ability to to out physical stanford now i don't want it to turn into a pure bully ball where you're just running an all day situation but i do want to see notre dame come out early get audric going early because i think that's going to set up some other stuff which i'm going to talk about here next so this is the matchup to me that is most intriguing. And, and and look, here's where I'm at. Again, numbers, they're not good. Stanford ranks 132nd out of 133 teams in most yards allowed per game. They're 97th in, in, in yards allowed per, per completion, 121st in yards per attempt. They have they they um that's actually supposed to say 132nd in touchdown passes allowed. They've given up 30, which ranks 132nd. They've only picked off six passes. They rank 124th in completion percentage allowed. They rank 130th in pass efficiency defense, and they rank 100th in most big plays of 30 yards. They've given up 20 plays this year of 30 yards or more in the pass game. They are a really, they really struggle defending the pass. And there's, there's some, but it's really kind of interesting when, when you break down the film because they're not great on the outside. At corner, they're really not. But when when you look at them, there's a couple things they they really particularly struggle with. And yes, winning one on ones, and 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 there are some shots that Notre Dame needs to take. I mean, I'm watching Bo Nix, and I'm watching DJ Uyunglele. Just they've got to step on a guy, but they're just unwilling to kind of let it go. Sam Hartman needs to be willing to let those throws go. I think there's some things they can do with the tight ends over the middle of the field. The receivers on deep overs and over the middle of the field. The seam, I, I mean, I could see some post routes and some seam routes by Chris Tyree, Jordan Faison, you know, maybe Jaden Greathouse in this game that could really uh, go for some big plays. And as I mentioned, also the tight ends. I think there's some interesting stuff they can do backside of trips if they put a tight end backside of trips, uh, you know, with some just straight go routes. I mean, I would I would literally line up Eli Raritan 
or Cooper Flanagan on the backside of trips and, you know, have some runs and then just have them run a corner, a go, a backside post, something like that, and just take advantage of their size backside. There's some, some things that you can do there as well. But there's two other things that they do. Number one is they struggle, in my opinion, with post-snap switch concepts, which I'd like to see some of Notre Dame in this game. But the other thing is this – and I, I called Ryan before the show, and I was like, dude, am I wrong here? Is this not the worst play-action defense you've ever seen in your life? And and I kind of joked with him. I was, and he was like, "Yeah, they're really bad at pl- defending play action. I mean, they're really bad at defending play action. Even as uh, their most recent games, they bite really hard because they're they're an aggressive run defense, but they're also not a very good run defense, and they know it. And so when they see play action, they come down hard against teams that are actually good at running the ball. Now their play action defense isn't terrible against some of the teams they play." But against Oregon, it was bad. Against USC, it was bad. Against Washington, it wasn't. It was okay. But Washington doesn't run the ball a whole lot. It was bad against UCLA. It was bad against Oregon State because two things: their linebackers come down a lot, and their safeties come down a lot. And the thing about their safeties is they're not real fast. And if they get caught coming down, you Notre Dame's got the kind of speed to get over top. So that's why I talked about earlier. I do want to see Notre Dame come out and establish the run game early. Because if Notre Dame can come out and 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 move the chains running the football, get Audric going, you know, get get um, Jer- Jer- Jeremiah Love going, get Jadarian Price going, like get all three of those guys involved in, early in the game, but especially Audric, that's going to force Stanford to kind of go big. And I and I brought up that play earlier, or that formation earlier. Let me just pull it up again so I can give you guys an example of what I'm talking about here. So when you look at Stanford here, I'm going to give you two different looks uh, from Stanford in this game. So here's here's one particular look early down. This is out of 12 personnel, two receivers, one back, two tight ends. And you can see they're in their sort of their five down look, two linebacker look, the safety's creeping downhill because UCLA is, again, like Notre Dame, a team that likes to run the football. You know, UCLA is a team that, that their offense is built on on first and foremost establishing the run. Uh, UCLA this year is averaging 202.1 yards per game, but they're 4.9 yards per carry. So they're more yards than Notre Dame because they run it a lot more than Notre Dame, but they're fewer yards per carry. Uh, not by a lot. You know, they're, they're still, they're good at, you know, their yards per carry number is good at 4.9, but they're a, a heavy run team. When you look at, uh, you know, other teams that Stanford has played this year, again, we're talking about teams that that run the ball effectively. The teams that I'm talking about that that have been able to to have success against uh, Stanford throwing the football is, as I mentioned, UCLA is one. Oregon, Oregon State this past week had some big uh, play action hits in that game. And they ran for 277 yards per game against Stanford. They're averaging 192.5 on the season, 5.2 per carry. So very similar to Notre Dame uh, in regard to yards per carry average. Notre Dame's kind of right in the middle of those two teams. And then you've got Oregon, who's 195 yards per game, but they're at six yards a carry. Again, another team that early in the game, Oregon was not really moving the ball because they were trying to get too cute throwing the ball. They were dropping back and just running straight drop back stuff. And and Stanford did a nice job of their linebackers getting depth and getting it underneath things. And and the run game got going a little bit. And then the second half, they ran a couple play actions that that, that uh, hit pretty big. But then they also had some double moves. But you know, Oregon didn't take advantage of the play action the way they need to, which is why it was only a fourteen to six game at halftime. Uh, whereas other teams took advantage early and really, really ran them out, ran them off the field. 
with their play action stuff and, and created some early big plays. So when you look at this formation, for example, and this is a heavy run formation for UCLA, look how tight Stanford is. You've got two, the two linebackers are less than five yards from the ball. They've got their safety down. Who's about six yards off the ball. That's it. They've got a field corner playing off and then a, their boundary corner. Who's a, who's got some decent length uh, down there is, is playing press. And then their safety's cheating to the cheating to the middle of the field, but he's, he's playing inside of the ball. And, and so you've got some tight end opportunities there. I mean, Notre Dame has tight ends that can flat out run by their safety right there, flat out have tight end. Eli Rarity can run by that guy. Holden States can run by that guy. So there's certainly some concepts you can do. And then, of course, you've got guys that should be able to win on the, on the backside. Uh, Notre Dame also will do a lot of comebacks because what's, what, what, what Stanford will do out of this press look down at the bottom. Now, they may change against Notre Dame because Notre Dame has struggled against press in the past. But what they tend to do against press is they tend to do a, like a, a press bail. So at the snap, the guy will kind of open up and run and keep his eyes inside as best he can. Uh, but no, teams have been able to hit some outcuts against that, a lot of comebacks against that. So those are certainly things. And if you can catch Stanford playing off coverage, some of those deep comebacks can be money against them into the boundary and, and, and to the field as well. Now, at times, they'll drop this guy right here. We'll drop into the coverage. You know, we'll drop into coverage. They'll do a lot of that. But some of the, I mean, there's still, that's like 15, 20 yard comebacks against them because if they're playing off coverage, once you get them to flip their hips, they're just not quite athletic enough to plant and drive and get down underneath those routes. Oregon hit them with a lot of those type of concepts in their particular game. And, and I think Sam Hartman could have some success against those as well. But you guys see what I'm talking about. You see the look that I'm talking about when, uh, when Stanford was in or when UCLA was under center, you see it even tighter. And I believe this was a first or second down play, but now they're under center. They got their five guys up. The safety's even more downhill now. And now the, the free safety, as you can see here, is about 10 yards off the ball, where before, when they were still in shotgun, uh, that safety was, you know, let's pull it up. That safety was what about 10, 13 yards off the ball. So again, just something as simple as, 12 personnel under center versus 12 personnel and shotgun. You're going to get different action from UCLA or from Stanford. And that's where I think the play action stuff can really come into play. And we saw Notre Dame hit some of that stuff last week against Wake Forest. So we know it's there. We know they can hit it. Uh, but those are going to be things that that I hope to see Notre Dame be able to accomplish in the pass game against a team that's just really not good to defend in the pass. Now, I still want to see some dropback stuff. I think there's some level stuff they can do. Stanford, in, in pure dropback, Stanford will bail their, their, um, their linebackers. I'm curious to see how they're going to handle Notre Dame's mesh stuff. From what I've seen of them in the past, they'll kind of they'll, – they'll, they'll pass a lot of it off and then just drive on the on the mesh. So, like, there's, like, a safety coming down. They'll play some two high looks, but they play a lot of single high looks. So, like, if Notre Dame's running their mesh concepts, they'll basically just keep the safety and the linebackers to a side and then just pass them off and then just drive on them, uh, which is a good way to handle that if, if you're a team that plays a lot of zone and Stanford plays a lot of zone. But against those mesh concepts, if Notre Dame's able to do some stuff behind it that's effective – I think the deep ends behind it, the post the post ends. So, like if I'm if I'm Notre Dame and and you're in a two by two with the tight ends or with eleven personnel, whatever the case may be, you know I could see something like um uh, 
you know, so if I, I'm trying to think of how to, how to, let me just draw this up real quick. So if I'm Notre Dame, uh, one of the looks that I would give this week is um, this right here. I'm going to draw it up. This is something I think we could see from Notre Dame this week, this concept right here. So let's, I'm going to do, a, I'm going to be a Jesse, right? But I don't have the cool whiteboard that Jesse has, right? So let's look at that. You guys see that formation right there? Okay, it's a little 11, 11, 11 personnel bounce kind of look. Some things I would like to see Notre Dame do is this concept right here. And so I'd motion the receiver down, and I'd run my mesh stuff with my outside receiver in my slot. You guys see that? Okay, so that's something that they're going to do. And then what I would like to then see is something kind of here from the tight end, and you can either do a tight end. You can have your tight end run an end cut there like that, so now if, if the linebackers jump the mesh and the outside guy jumps the mesh, uh, then you're going to see here. Let me let me do this. So somebody, let me do this. So you guys see that. We'll do it this way. So you guys see that, right? Now you can see a little bit better. So in that type of concept, you've got a bit of a drive concept here uh, with the with the mesh concept. But now you can bring your tight end on an in cut. You could also do some different things where with your tight end, where the tight end can can run the post, and then you can bend your outside receiver. You can run some out cuts and corner cuts. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of three way go type stuff you can do out of that look. If Stanford's going to be as aggressive with their their you know driving on the mesh stuff, then there's some things I think Notre Dame can do behind it uh, to hit some big plays because their 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 corners and their safeties just I mean their safeties are just not real rangy guys. They're not great coverage guys. Uh, their nickels aren't great coverage guys. So that's like an example of, of some things that, that Notre Dame has done. Now, the problem with Notre Dame has done this year is when they run a lot of their mesh, they do something like this. Here, let me, let me. What Notre Dame has done a lot this year with their mesh stuff is this. So uh, just give you kind of an example of what we've seen from Notre Dame with their mesh stuff. So when they run their mesh concepts, you guys see this right here, right? So what Notre Dame will do is, is we, it's kind of what we just talked about they run these short meshes right here, right? So that's a short mesh. But then with the tight end right here, they'll have this tight end kind of run a, let's kind of do this backwards. Okay, they'll have him kind of run like a middle route right there. And so what you end up having is like this just jumbled up mess of massive humanity in the middle of the field. And then so what happens is when you do this and you do it as much as Notre Dame has done it, your backer level here, right? Your backer level here can drive on this. And then your safeties back here can also come down and drive on that because there's no vertical threat. What I'm saying is, is to, is to use your tight ends now to do more vertical oriented stuff to attack that and then still have your mesh. And then what what will happen is if they start, if you burn them a couple times behind with your tight ends on some deep, deep ends or, you know, some other things you could do, uh, another concept that I, that I, that I like that I can see Notre Dame do out of this is, is again, similar look is. So we had kind of have a similar concept here of what we were talking about. And again, kind of bringing that motion down. These are just some different things that you can do out of this look. And then you can run your, you can run your tight end on a, on a, your, your uh, tight end on a, on again, three-way go type of deal. You've got your mess stuff. But instead of instead of kind of you know something like this, right? You could have some of those kind of concepts like that. You could run this guy uh, back here on more of a deeper concept, so you're now getting more layers there. You could do something like that. And so instead of having him run this 
short mesh here. You've got more of a high-low type of concept. Those are areas of the middle of the field with a lot of different concepts where um, just that's where Stanford's vulnerable. Yes, they can be attacked outside outside with some go shots, some comebacks, some outcuts, but I think there's a lot of success that can have over the middle of the field sort of attacking with different types of layers concepts. Uh, and we saw some of it last week. Would like to see more of it again this week. And then, of course, Sam Hartman's got to be willing to pull the trigger because those are concepts that if you're not comfortable making your reads, you're, you're, you're just you're going to throw blind and not see a safety sitting on the backside and and or you're just not going to you're going to be late throwing the ball and not want to throw the ball. So there's a lot of different things like that that are those are basic. I mean, those aren't rocket science, guys. Those are things you're going to see a lot of teams running from week to week that I think could be really effective uh, concepts for Notre Dame in the in the past game where I think they can have some success because, you know, that's just an area they, they, they need to thrive. And I'll, I'll dive more into that kind of stuff here in, in part two of the, of the show. But so that's going to do it kind of for the offensive breakdown. I'm going to talk defense next because that's an even bigger mismatch. I mean, and you look at – you get um, – where do I got ink on myself? On my face? I got it on my face or on my hand, all right? If I got it on my hand. I got it on my face. Okay, you kind of scared me a little bit there, man. Okay, we're we're good. We're good. All right. So if you are looking at Notre Dame and offensively, it's a it's a bit of a mismatch. Defensively, it's even more so. And I'll dive into that here in a, in a, in a minute. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 